the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to hour two of this Hump Day edition of tonight's Andrea K Show. Last hour we had Jake Lang from Jan Six Defendant, who's been languishing in a variety of different jails across the country, 13 to be exact, awaiting his day in court. I thought our Constitution offered a speedy trial. Hmm. Uh, Maybe it's because the DOJ is trying to round up even more Jan Six Defendants to throw in there. Uh, But don't forget that we also have the potential of a former president being in jail soon, uh, put in jail soon because of gag orders. We've got lawsuits and criminal cases and indictments against a former president all over the country, one happening in Colorado right now. And so, um, excuse me, I'm fighting a sneeze again. I'm allergic to dust mites and maybe I need to do some dusting. Um, In in fact, there is a trial happening in Colorado that we need to pay attention to. So coming up soon on the show, we will have Ted Harvey from the PAC to defeat the president, which is Joe Biden, is going to be here. He's a former state rep in Colorado. And we've got those topics and more. Speaker Johnson had a, he's so, the more I like, the more I'm hearing from Speaker Johnson, the more I am loving this dude. He has such a little sly sense of humor. And uh, reporters thought that they were going to trip him up a little bit as he was walking through the Capitol. So we've got some fun, some fun uh, economic stuff to share with you guys going forward. But you know, our dude is with us, uh, hour two, as he is every night, my sidekick, my side dish. The su- yummy, sweet, and spicy, full of nutrients, always good for you, DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon, like a dungeon dragon, high heat. Sesame Broccolini. Wow, what a. We're just having quite a night tonight, honestly. What a first hour and going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think it. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that you and I are a little verklumped uh, <laughs> after interviewing uh, someone, a Jan Six defendant from the jail, from the basement of the jail. He has spent quite a bit of time in solitary confinement and just really been put through the ringer. <sighs> you know who else has been put through the ringer is Donald Trump, and so I think I I, I just said momentarily in a few moments we're going to have former state rep out of Colorado, Ted Harvey, here to talk about, give you guys some updated information about the Trump trials. Um, but let's start this hour with some, with something clever. I am loving what Speaker Johnson is doing this week. He is he is already doing media rounds. He's putting the pressure on the Biden administration with this Ukraine package deal. Uh, when he was asked about it, because just to recap, he's going to push through an, a Ukraine aid package that's standalone, 
for not Ukraine, standalone for Israel, $14.3 billion. He has stated he wants to pay for that from the additional 60 something billion dollars that they earmarked for the IRS. The IRS already has a fat budget. He's not, he's not taking, he's not reducing the overall IRS budget because he's taking from additional funds that were allocated for, allocated for the IRS. And then the left is absolutely hysterical. He was asked about it. Well, you think you're going to be able to get some Democrats on board? He says, you know what? Here's what I think I'm going to do. I think I'm going to, you know, go over to Chuck Schumer, who is the Senate uh, majority leader. I'm going to go over to Chuck Schumer and I'm going to say, you know what, Chuck? Um, you know, let's have a common sense conversation because I really think that the American people care more about Israel and aid for Israel than they do the IRS. And he said it with a wink and a smile. You know, what do you think, Sesame Broccolini, the American people would choose? You think they're going to go, oh, you know what? We just need more money for that IRS. <laughs> <laughs> said nobody ever. Uh, I don't exactly. know a single person that likes the IRS. Uh, most people don't even know what they do other than take people's money by force. Exactly. And it's not the one percenters that that deal with all these um, ugly IRS agents. No, it's not. It's the small business. It's the small business owners and the middle class. Absolutely. How can you, here's how you can know. And I think I mentioned this last night that this is not the, this extra IRS money isn't to go after the fat cat billionaire tax cheats. It's to go after people that didn't report a six hundred and five dollar Venmo transaction. Okay, that's what they're going after. So Speaker Johnson was asked, I guess the CBO, which is the, you know, Congressional Budget Office, scored his his uh, Israel aid package, gave him a, gave him a low score. Uh, here's what he had to say about it. Sesame, if you can play the clip. Be careful, everybody. Be careful. Were you surprised by the CBO score, sir? Not surprised at all. Only in Washington when he cuts spending do they call it a, an increase in the deficit. Yeah. Oh, we can't cut spending. You're going to increase the deficit. No, he's not increasing the deficit. He's taking money from this column over here and he's moving it over here. How is that? How is that increasing the deficit? It's not. Only in Washington would they play these games. And I really love how he chose to pay for it from the IRS because he's smart enough to know that that's not a winning argument for the Democrats. That's why this guy is so smart. That's why this was such a devastating pick for the Democrats and for the Uniparty in general. Because let me tell you, who was a part, who was a part of funding that extra $63 billion for the IRS? The Republican establishment. But I don't know why there I don't know why anybody on the left is not boning over it anyway, because according to Joe Biden, what's happening economically right now, Bidenomics, is just another way of saying the American dream. Sesame, can you play that for us as we go to break? Folks, Bidenomics is just another way of saying the American dream. Forty <laughs> years ago, trickle down economics limited ah. the dream to those at the top. Yes. But I believe every American willing to work hard should be able mm. to get a job. Yes, no the American live, dream. In the heartland, in small towns. I don't know about you, Sesame, but do you think paying six fifty for a gallon of gas, is that your idea of the American dream? How about 8% mortgage rates for a cardboard box down by the beach? That's <laughs> Bidenomics. <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. How about $9 for a carton of, of eggs? That's what I paid the other day. Nine, $8.99. No, it was, they, were, they were on sale for $6.99. Excuse me. <laughs> That's the sale price. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sale price. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. Former state rep out of Colorado, Ted Harvey, is going to be here. He's going to share with you what you need to know about what's happening in Colorado from the Trump trial and a GOP congressman who's decided he's not going to run for re-election. What does that mean for us going forward? Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Glad to have y'all here with me. Don't forget, if you miss any part of the show or you just want to hear it again, you can download our podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcast. Email me at andreakayshow.com, andreakayshow.com. If you missed last hour, you definitely want to get download the podcast. We had political prisoner Jake Lang on the show from the D.C. Gulag. At least that's how I view it. And also don't forget, if you want to win tickets to go to next week's GOP debate, the third debate, which is in Miami, and maybe possibly see the DeSantis cowboy boots in person, uh, if you want to enter to win the tickets, text WIN to 94878. That's win to 94878. Joining me now, I reached out to one of my favorite political commentators. He, he's he's so much one of my favorite. Here's how you know he's so good. Because he and I were both, at least we believe we were booted from a certain um, con- what they consider an allegedly conservative network because we were just a little too hardcore for them. I'm talking about Ted Harvey, chairman of Committee to Defeat the President, former Colorado state senator, and he occasionally runs down the street and other trails. And he joins me now from the state of Colorado. Hey, Ted Harvey, welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Well, thank you for having me on, my friend. I appreciate it. Okay, so... um, Colorado, man. Uh, I knew Colorado had gone lefty on me, Ted, but they've gone so lefty. They've got some judge there who blatantly contributed uh, as a donor to the Democrat Party sitting in judgment over the state of Colorado trying to kick Donald Trump off the ballot. Tell us what's happening in your home state. Sure. Well, I'm actually not as concerned with the judge as I am with the um, folks who brought the case uh, before the court. Um, It wasn't Democrats. It was a handful of rhino Republicans that got together and said, we're going to do everything we can to keep. Yeah. Yeah. Former Republican um, CU regent from the 4th Congressional District, Sue Sharkey, um, who I live in the 4th Congressional District, and she represented me, and she brought it forward. Former uh, Bill Owens chief of staff, Chris Castilian. Um, Bill Owens is the only Republican governor we've had in probably 50 years. And uh, his chief of staff was one of the plaintiffs, I guess, which that's what you would call him. Um, And uh, several other rhino Republican establishment hacks that have been doing everything they can to um, keep Trump off the ballot here in Colorado. Wow. Yeah, I shouldn't be surprised. I shouldn't be surprised at all, because we know every aspect of the 
uh, electioneering going on in the country involves Republicans, whether it involves the weaponized uh, DOJ and the lawfare that's happening, whether it was the Jan 6 sham, you know, committee, you know, trial or whatever you want to call it, whether we're talking about the FBI uh, covering up the the crimes of Hunter Biden and colluding with the Department of Justice in the lawfare. Um, re- Republicans and rhinos are in the thick of it, aren't they? Well, I call it the establishment, and that that is a broad sweep of the um, the powerful elite on both sides of the of the aisle. Um, there are they are one party and their goal is to stay in power. And they realize that Donald Trump is putting their power base at risk and they are holding hands, both parties to do everything they can to make sure that Trump doesn't get reelected. And the good thing is, is that we are a representative republic where the voters get to decide, not the um, privileged elite in Washington, D.C. and in state capitals around the country. Um, We get the final say, and these politicians work for us, not the other way around. And um, that's why Donald Trump is winning overwhelmingly in the Republican primary. And I think he's going to um, throw Joe Biden out of office in a little more than a year from now. Well, what do you think the likelihood is that that these adversaries of freedom and adversaries of uh, our country within both parties, the uniparty system, you know, what if they win in Colorado? Is there uh, is there other states that could follow suit and then then the voters wouldn't have have a say in 2024 for Trump? Well, I think they definitely want that to be the case, that Colorado is the case study for the rest of the country. But I can't imagine that they're going to be able to prove that Donald Trump started a insurrection. Um, I, I don't know if you're following the case that closely, but Jay Sekulow's team um, is here representing the, the Colorado Republican Party, and Jay Sekulow, Jay Sekulow has personally probably won more cases before the U.S. Supreme Court than any other attorney on the right. And um, I, I feel pretty confident that if he doesn't win at the state level, it's going to go directly to the U.S. Supreme Court. and The U.S. Supreme Court will override it. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I haven't had a chance to follow it closely. I mean, Ted, it's just like shock and awe with the news cycle. You know, from the border to, you know, the Israeli war and, you know, the terrorists coming across, uh, you know, our borders and, you know, the mobs of pro-Hamas terrorists threatening, you know, Jewish people and swastikas being painted everywhere. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, it's just literally almost impossible. And, you know, this is what we do all day long is is we focus on the news and I can't even hardly stay on top of it. Um, it, But one of the things I did hear that went on in the trial, which almost made me get And it was that they, I guess, uh, the plaintiffs here who brought, who trying to kick Trump off, off the ballot brought in some expert who said (laughs) that when Trump said, march peacefully to the Capitol, that hit, that Trump's, in Trump's mind, that meant go and do some damage. (laughs) 
<laughs> See, it even got you laughing. I mean, that's like, it's, I mean, talk about a mockery of our court system. But, but this is where we're at in this country to where our, ju- our quote, justice system is reading minds in order to imprison people that are the political opposition. Right. And not, not to mention the fact that he told um, Speaker Pelosi that he wanted to bring up the National Guard said that a day before or a couple of days before January 6th, and Nancy Pelosi turned it down. So um, it, it's hard to argue that Donald Trump wanted to have this insurrection while at the same time saying he wanted to bring up the National Guard just to protect the Capitol against anything getting out of hand. And so, um, that, that again, the establishment uniparty is doing everything they can to bring get, keep Trump off the ballot because they know that the candidate that they have, Joe Biden, can never get reelected. And mm-hmm. so they are trying to put up roadblocks every step of the way. And this is just one more example of that. Well, Ted, maybe you must have missed that Mitt Romney is uh, reports are that Mitt Romney is thinking about putting his weight behind uh, Joe Biden. So be careful before you say that Biden uh, can't beat Trump because he might have the coveted. Mitt Romney endorsement. <laughs> yeah, Mitt, Mitt I, I, Romney, who couldn't get elected in his own, reelected in his own <laughs> state of Utah. Um, you, you know it's bad when the, the the good Mormon population of Utah does not support the good Mormon U.S. senator for reelection. Yeah. Um, yeah. If he can't get reelected there, his voice is has no power whatsoever anywhere across this country. <laughs> I'm just glad he sold his house in La Jolla and I don't have to deal with him anymore out here in my neck of the woods. Uh, getting back to your neck of the woods, major news today, I guess, apparently, uh, that uh, Colorado Congressman Ken Buck is not running for re-election. Is he sore? Is he is he so sore over the speaker situation uh, and McCarthy being out ousted that that's what this is about? What can you tell us? Oh no, um, he um, was one of the couple of Republicans who supported Liz Cheney to stay in her position of leadership two years ago when she was working with Nancy Pelosi to start the January 6th trial. And Ken Buck had all of his constituents rising up and ready to throw him out. When he went through the nominating assembly, we have caucuses here in Colorado, and then you have the nominating assembly. To get on the ballot, any candidate has to get 30 percent of the vote to get on the Republican primary ballot. And some no-name guy from out in Eastern Plains, Colorado, was nominated from the floor at that nominating assembly, and Ken Buck only got 36% of the vote Ooh. at the nominating assembly. And then you fast forward to this time when um, he was saying all kinds of crazy stuff about the January 6th defendants and, and then comes out and, and votes to keep McCarthy there on one vote, and then the next vote votes against Jim Jordan, and then the next vote votes um, with everybody unanimously, obviously, to support um, Mike Johnson. So he has um, no base whatsoever in the 4th yeah. Congressional District, and I think he knew that there was no way he was going to get reelected if he ran again. And um, yeah. I, I'm, I live in his district, and there is a it will be a free-for-all of Republican candidates getting into that race. And you should see the list that has already said they're probably going to get in in the next couple of days. Does that include None of you? None are very conservative. 
well, is it time for Ted Harvey to throw his hat in the ring? Um, my wife and I are definitely praying about it. So good. We'll, uh, see what happens. Excellent. I am going to pray over that, my man. I am seriously going to pray over that. And if you were to decide to throw your hat in the ring, I would work my tail off to, in any way that I could to help you with that. Well, thanks. For sure. Thanks. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, I've only got about a minute left. Um, do you see that there's any way that they're going to successfully get rid of Trump And if so, who do you think it should be as backup, DeSantis or Nikki Haley? There there is no way anybody is going to keep Trump off the ballot. I think it's more likely that Joe Biden is not on the ballot. Um, I I heard your your original talking points about um, giving away tickets to go to the next debate. Um, I can't believe that they're having a debate. Um, The last poll I saw showed that. DeSantis is at eight percent. Nikki Haley is at eight percent, and then the President Trump is at sixty percent. So um, none of them are going to beat Trump. He is the nominee, and uh, all of these court cases are just going to go beyond the election cycle. So he's going to get reelected, and then all of these cases are probably going to be dropped. And um, I, I think it's unfortunate that Ron DeSantis, I believe, a great governor threw away his political career for just to be an also ran. Well, I absolutely agree with you. I always agree with Ted Harvey. And thank you for being here tonight, my friend. How how can people find you? Yeah, please go to our website at stopjoe.com. We are the largest, most active defenders of President Trump, and we endorsed him the other day, and uh, we are actively doing everything we can to defeat Joe Biden. Absolutely. Ted Harvey, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. You guys stay tuned. we got more Andrea K. Show coming up, so don't go away. Andrea K. bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Ted Harvey is is way classier than I am. So I wasn't going to ask him to weigh in on the whole DeSantis thing with the boots. Um, But I am just, I don't know what it is about this story that just has me giggling so much, Sesame Broccolini. Am I just that immature? No, I don't think so. I mean, we're walking the line, but I don't think too immature. Yeah. (laughs) His boots were made for walking, and that's just (laughs) what they'll do. But none of those boots are going to walk all over Trump. Yeah, his boots are walking him back home because this this might be the least successful presidential campaign (laughs) since the Dean's Cream. (laughs) I am just loving the fact that Bootgate is trending on X. (laughs) Bootgate. (laughs) And that... that (laughs) Move over, Russiagate. (laughs) One of Trump's people, um, one of Trump's people put it put out there that um, it, it was an implausible explanation that he just wears off the rack Lucchese boots, uh, <laughs> doing major brand damage to a great American footwear company. And <laughs> Trump's people also said it was a laughable claim that he's five eleven. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so they went on to say, instead of telling the truth and just being comfortable in his own skin, he resorts to borderline psychotic behavior by lying to the American people. Is this what the country wants in a president? Soon enough, Ron is going to wish for more pudding and in and in flight biohazard stories instead of having to deal with his shoes that are more appropriate for America's next top model. <laughs> You know what? You just you 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 can't give Trump or anybody in his orbit it, it, any any weapons to use against you. You just can't. OK, Trump is just too good and he they're just too willing to go there. OK, I mean, Trump has not changed since 2016 when he mocked Rand Paul's hair. OK, <laughs> what did he say about Rand Paul's hair? I don't even remember now. Or little Marco. Okay, uh, you know, lying Ted, he's just going to go there. And you know what? He can get away with it. Ron DeSantis needs to not attack him. Well, one of the reasons why Ron DeSantis's campaign is such a fail is that he and his influencers refused to uh, accept or, or did not have the capacity to understand the power of the incumbency. Trump is, is not only the incumbent for the Republican Party. It's he's also the incumbent that was robbed of his second term. And Vivek Ramaswamy was smart enough, whatever you think of him, was smart enough to never attack Trump. Never attacked him. Didn't have to. You And, and in sales, they teach you that that's the last thing that you do is badmouth your competition. And I know in politics, they say, well, you just, you just laughed at Trump. Well, Trump never attacks first. He's always on the defense. And people are saying that he attacked DeSantis first. Well, he felt attacked with the fact that he was the incumbent and DeSantis, who he made. DeSantis made his bones off of Trump to be Florida governor. And Trump felt attacked in the first place. So, and, and you know what? What I think it's, it's all fair game, right? Including uh, your boots. And uh, that's that's how I see it. Plus, it makes me giggle. So I like this story. It's a it's a special thing when somebody takes a really solid political career and throws it away. Um, and I really hope mm-hmm. that this is a cautionary tale to a lot of prospective politicians, but also just in life, because it's about loyalty. It's about timing. I think this whole thing could have been avoided if Ron had just waited until 2028. All he had or, to do or, was write out his term. He, yeah, or or if he had truly been smart. If he truly understood himself in his um, something that I was trained to do that was incredibly painful for me, I had to learn to not just accept criticism and feedback from other people. I had to learn to do it to myself all day, every yeah. day. Yeah. After every sales call, what did I do well? What was my areas of opportunity? And I had to focus on it. And you have to know in corporate America, you have to do all these exercises to know, are you a type A person? Or are you not? Where's your, where's your strengths? Where's your weaknesses? What can you work on? Da, 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 da. And he has to know that he's not a good retail politician. And therefore, his real path was through the vice presidency. That was really it. I tell you who's, and I tell you who people are going to start looking at. I'm going to say it right now before I've heard anybody else say it for 2028. It's Mike Johnson. <laughs> you think so? Yes. Why is that? What? Why? I mean, I guess it's just how? How does he? How does he get there? How does? How I, does he get there? 
Yeah. As a congressperson, as a con- con- former speaker of the right now, he's third in line as speaker of the house to run the country as it is. Yeah. Okay. Fair Third enough. in line. I meant more he's like third in line. I actually, you know, what? I, I, maybe he's, he's done this well. My, my initial, you know, I guess concern was how do you go from being someone who is relatively unknown to, to having enough name and brand recognition? Same to way actually, Barack Obama did. Yeah. Barack. Yeah. Uh, this talk about, I mean, this guy now he's practically a household name and he's fierce. He's tough. He's strategic. He's brilliant. He's a former litigator. He can't he can't be, um, he, you know, I don't think he can be intimidated and he's likable. In fact, I pulled a clip from a fellow Louisianian uh, Kennedy who went to Vanderbilt. I can, but I love Kennedy so much. I forgive him for that. Here's what uh, says me. If you could play the clip of what Senator Kennedy said today about Johnson. You'd be able to work with the news. Are you both Louisianans? Yeah. Now? Mike's yeah. a great guy. Are, is that you think he's, that would help? He's, he's, he, I'm delighted. He's whip smart. Um, he's uh, he, he's uh, he, uh, humble. Uh, he's consistent while being self-confident. Um, he, um, can, he, can, he do, he, can he do president? He, can, he, he, he does great impersonations. <laughs> he does. He <laughs> does great impersonations. And let me tell you something. He's a nice guy. If you don't like Mike Johnson, you don't like border colonies or golden retrievers. He's just a really nice guy. He- yeah. I mean, and, and you know, when, if you watch him in any of these committee hearings, he's incredibly engaging. If you watch a clip, I watched a clip of him today when he was being asked uh, about his uh, Israel aid package and how he's going to go approach um, it, it, Chuck Schumer, as well as the clip that I played. It, you almost need to see the, the sly sense of humor, Right. He's he's funny. He's witty. He's got he's the entire package. And so that's that's which gets back to my point of instead of DeSantis waiting until 2028, which is a long time. See, the reason why he jumped in was because he knew that four years anybody else can emerge the entire you know, that's an etern- a year is an eternity in politics. Four years is too long. And now it's like he has completely ruined it because there's other people that are going to step in that are going to be far more attractive four years from now. Really, he aced himself out. He should have gone to Trump and said, man, you know, um, I'm going to run for reelection as governor, but I'm your dude for the VP end of things. That really was his play, in my opinion. That was his play. Um, I tell you who else I think is angling for it is uh, for 2028 is J.D. Vance. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance. He's he's playing a little tough right now. um, And this ties into all these Trump uh, trials going on. He is holding up any uh, nominations to the DOJ because he's and he's saying, I think I pulled this clip as well, Sesame, because he's saying as long as Biden goes after his political opponents, J.D. Nance just is not going to uh, vote to confirm any of his DOJ appointments. If you can play that clip. Because we are living in a banana republic where the president is using his Department of Justice to go after his chief political rival, the person he will appear on the ballot with in about a year. If the Department of Justice will use these nominations for law instead of politics, I am happy to end this whole policy. But so long as the Department of Justice uses its nominations and uses its personnel to go after its political opponents from the president of the United States on down, 
I will object because of that, Madam President. I do object. I love it. That was really solid. Um, J.D. Vance is such an impressive guy, uh, especially when you read about his upbringing. I don't know if you saw that movie, Hillbilly Elegy. I did. Yeah, it was... I thought that was so good. And that describes a lot of the experience for a lot of Americans, the kind yeah. of Americans are u- who are usually on the receiving end of some FBI raid for something ridiculous, like defending themselves outside of an abortion clinic. Um, so it's it's really wild to, to think about this idea of the police state. And I think that that's what a lot of these conservatives, all the America first crowd, that's what they're really forming around is the fact that we've lost this republic. There's shadow governments, there's special interests, there's corruption even within our own party and outside of it. Um, And like you said the other night, you can't just trust D's and R's anymore. And we're not Mm -mm. just all on the same team anymore. We've got anti-American people in the American government um, who are trying to destroy it. Uh, and they're weaponizing all of the institutions so quickly. And it is something that it is kind of like looking at the Twilight Zone. You'd expect to see this in Venezuela or Honduras or El Salvador Mm -hmm. or Guatemala. But it's interesting because in El Salvador, they're actually building prisons and locking people away and crime is sinking like a stone. So, hey, I mean, (laughs) full circle, we're now the Banana Republic and actual Banana Republics are learning from our uh, painful progressive policymaking. Um. And I just, I don't know. You think he's going for the presidency? I think he could. I don't know if he's too young or what his policy platform is going to be specifically, but I do think that J.D. Vance has got a bright future in American politics. Mm -hmm. Um, He really is a shining star. Yeah. I love the fact that, and I'm aware that he was anti-Trump. I don't have a problem with that. You you know, let me tell you why. There was a lot of people that I knew that were, that were Cruz all the way in 2016. Yeah. And really wanted him to take the nomination. And um, so I don't have a problem with that. I mean, he supported Trump after that. And, you know, um, you have a right in this country to vote for who you want to vote for. You know, I'm part of this bigger MAGA movement. Like you, yeah. the, the MAGA movement belongs to all of us true patriots. Yes. So that's what we have to it's focus about, on. That, big picture. Right. That's a good point because MAGA is about a movement, not a man. And I've said this many times before, which is why the left is like, oh, my gosh, how is this Trump dude still around? We've been trying to get rid of him. <laughs> um, well, you, you know, we're we're still around. Right. They keep because they keep thinking if they get rid of him, they can get rid of us. But we don't want him to go anywhere and he doesn't want to go anywhere. And we're not going anywhere, even if he does. Um, one of the things I love about that, J- that J.D. Vance move that he's making is that um, just like Mike Johnson is speaker of the House now is using. His power of the purse, the power that he has. We don't have the the majority in the Senate, but J.D. Vance is using whatever power he has in in the Senate to to affect change. That's a fighter. That's a fighter. And I I love to see it. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Last segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show. You don't want to miss it. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Shifting gears real quick here for the last segment of tonight's show. I found this story really interesting. It's from 
variety, believe it or not. Uh, you know, if you're uh, listening from around the country, we're about a couple hours south of Hollyweird, and Variety is the still the trade magazine. Interesting article out involving uh, a poll that's been done, a study of Gen Z and young people aged 13 to 24, according to a new study out of UCLA, are looking for less sex scenes in TV and in movies. This is from the school's Center for Scholars and Storytellers. It's the Teens and Screens report. It shows that 51.5% of adolescents would like to see more content depicting friendships and platonic relationships. And um, they were asked about topics related to sex and romance, and that was that was their response. Um, they feel like that romance in media is overused. And, um, there, there's more details here, but, um, I think this is phenomenal. Your response, Sesame. Uh, it's about time. Honestly, I was waiting for something like this. Some, some study showing that people don't like to see sex as some plot point for every single movie and TV show and song. Um, and it's, it's interesting because for most of American film history, it's been, it's been pretty, there's been, you know wholesome overtones and it's a really weird recent sort of transgression into this hypersexualized media world um but it's it's Mm -hmm. nice to see that people are finally speaking up about it uh and i feel the same way um and i was waiting for something like this to finally happen uh so hey more power to these people for speaking up and um i'm sure a lot of i'm sure there are a lot of people who feel exactly the same way uh, well, yeah, and when you're when you think about the age group thirteen to twenty four, yeah. and kids in that age group now are far less mature than previous generations at thirteen to twenty four. Uh, my mother had three kids with her husband overseas in Vietnam uh, by the time she was twenty five. Okay, wow. uh, mo- you know, and and my parents' generation, most people were married and starting families by the age of twenty one. Um, so, and now it is a, it, it, what I find interesting too, is uh, this should send a message uh, to everybody pushing the, and nothing in the study said anything about LBGT. It was just in general, these 13 to 24 year olds are like, stop shoving sex on us. You know, it's overdone. And when you're 13 years old, you it's uncomfortable. This is something I've said many times. One of the things that the left doesn't care about in over-sexualizing children is that everybody develops their own sense of modesty differently. Whether it's a boy or a girl, it's individual. Some people are much more, some girls are much more comfortable and men walking around a locker room undressed than others. And when it comes to sex, some people are more comfortable talking about it in their teens than others. And that needs to be respected. In general, 13-year-old kids are going to be feeling really uncomfortable sitting around thinking they're going to watch a cartoon or a Disney movie with their parents. And here comes something related to sex, right? It's uncomfortable for them. And I hope Hollywood is going to hear this message. I don't think they will, but it reflects the fact that every aspect of the entertainment industry has become sexualized. Yeah. It's disturbing. It's such a dangerous precedent because 
you're creating generations of people that don't know how to have healthy sex lives or even romantic right. lives or relationships with people. And you're just sort of uh, part of it is the fact that sex isn't seen as the sacred bond or or expression of love anymore between husband and wife, between, you know, couples uh, like it should be. Um, so this is all, again, theological. All this stuff that seems political is really rooted in that. But it is it is. A nice reminder because the headline here, at least in part, is that sex is not a plot point. Too many, I think, I think honestly, a lot of writers in Hollywood are very lazy and they throw in action mm-hmm. scenes and a lot of sex and flirting and double entendres because it's easier than writing clever jokes or making mm-hmm. interesting friendships with rewarding, you know, dimensions. It's you're trying to tell a story in as many different interesting ways as possible and they just keep coming back to. You know, young people, incredible like people that don't even look like people. <laughs> you know, with all the makeup and the after effects and everything they do, and mm-hmm. it's 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 sad because that's not what most people experience. Right. And it's you are you're giving people a very unrealistic window into a fantasy world. Um, and it's weird because art is supposed to mimic reality, but the movies we see today that is not reality. Uh, it right. is so far yeah, we from weren't, right reality exactly. And it's re- and it's far from reality in terms of how we're designed as human beings. We were yes. not designed by God to be walking around and seeing sex everywhere we go. Yes, it's gratuitous. It makes us uncomfortable. These young people um, are reflecting be- because they're so young. They're able to, in my opinion, reflect the unjaded um, way in which human beings think and feel about this. Yeah. Um, 47.5% reported sex is not necessary to the majority of TV show and movie plots. They get it. And even um, Olivia Rodrigo, I think that's a singer. um, She was asked about frequent sex scenes in HBO's Euphoria and the Idol. Euphoria, I couldn't even make it through two episodes. It was terrible. It was just gratuitous and it was boring. And she said that she didn't watch the second second one, The Idol. She says, I don't have the desire to. She said, I remember walking out of Barbie and being like, wow, it's so long since I've seen a movie that is female centered in a way that isn't sexual or about her pain or her being traumatized. I don't know. I think I think she's a little libtard that was taken to the White House at one point. <laughs> um, but she's right on here about this. And, you know, it shows the relief that that young people feel when they're actually seeing and, you know, uh, uh, movies that are not just hitting you over the head constantly with dark, 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 sexualized, sexualized, um, you know, uh, content. And, you know, and, and to me, this is a really good news story. But what the what the conservatives need to do is see this for what it is that God putting a hand on our back yep. to create more and more and more good, wholesome content, because that sells and people want to see it. Don't they wrap us up here? Sesame Broccolini. Yeah, they do. And it's funny because the Daily Wire just put out a great new children's show. It's all it's actually family friendly for all ages um, and it's good educational content. And look, sex is one part of the human experience. Art is supposed to be about the human experience, but there's so much more. That's the missing thing is there's so many movies and, and, and TV shows and songs today that just revolve around the same theme. And it really is uninspiring. It's just it, it's it feels like a great big sign that Hollywood is fresh out of ideas. They're desperate for content and hopefully they can they can uh 
make this a new chapter in the uh, American mm-hmm. entertainment industry. Back to the drawing board, back to basics. Just tell an interesting story that's really going to mm-hmm. move people, and let's see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And there's all kinds of examples of good stories that move people that makes a lot of money, like uh, Top Gun Maverick, right? All right. Uh, we're, we're done for the night. We're glad to have you guys with us. It's always an honor. Thank you to the guest, in particular, Jake Lang, calling in uh, from his prison in D.C. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific. Email me at andreakshow.com. Don't forget our podcast. Download it wherever you get your pods. Thank you, Sesame Broccolini. We'll see you all tomorrow. Keep your head on a swivel. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.